Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I'm your host, and I'm really honored to be sharing space with you today. January is moving and grooving. We are moving and grooving through our Reframing the Reset series. And as I was planning this series, it was really important for me to include an episode about menstrual health. Now, we've done an episode about menstrual health before, kind of talking about the basic phases of the cycle and just kind of some tips and tricks for optimizing your cycle. But I wanted to go a little bit deeper Because I, for the past two years, have been on a bit of a hormone health journey. And if you follow me on Instagram, I talk about that quite a bit because it's something that I'm really passionate about. It's had a really big impact on my life, understanding my hormones, understanding my cycle, understanding how to live more in tune with my own nature. And over the past year specifically, that's when I really dug in and started educating myself on what my body truly needs. And it's just has been such a transformative experience. And I love talking about this topic. I love learning from incredible guests like our guest Raven today. I think it's so important that we understand how to be truly in tune with our bodies and there was anything that I really wanted to reframe, it was our relationship with our cycles. For a lot of people who have menstrual cycles, that can be rooted in shame, whether you know you had negative messaging about it growing up or whether it was something that seemed embarrassing or gross. If we think about a lot of the common language around our cycles, it's called a curse. You know, We're told it's because Eve ate that apple and now we're all plagued with this thing. It just is is rooted in a lot of negativity and when we begin to really educate ourselves on our bodies and how they work, it's actually such a beautiful process. It's such a beautiful process. 
how deeply in tune it is with nature. The fact that it gives us the ability to create life, even if we're not creating life in that moment or choose never to, it still is pretty incredible that that was the design. And when we're able to really tune into that and reframe how we approach it, it can be a really beautiful catalyst of healing. So in having that conversation, I was so excited to bring on today's guest, Raven Rose. Raven's journey began with her own womb healing, followed by studies in herbalism and ancestral womb wellness. Her path reconnected her to herbalism, ancestral divination, mysticism, and intuitive practices. She is a guide and educator for women and cyclical babes who are ready to reclaim their health, fertility, and feminine power. Transforming her painful cycles was a catalyst for her path as a medicine woman, and through the moon medicine path, she helps others heal their menstrual cycles and tap into the power of their cyclical bodies. Raven just has the most like warm, calming, soothing presence. I felt like in this conversation when I was talking to her, just her voice just has the most pleasant, calm tone to it that I could talk to her and listen to her all day. And learning more about how to keep our bodies in tune with nature and how that can help us really heal truly is life-changing information that I am so honored to have been able to gain from her and learn from her and I'm so happy to be sharing it with you. So let's get into today's conversation with Raven Rose. Raven, welcome to Balance Black Girl. I am super excited to have you on the podcast today. For a couple of reasons. One, I've been following and admiring your work from afar, maybe in like a slightly creepy way for a while now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you are so knowledgeable and you specialize in some of my favorite topics, menstrual health, rituals, healing, just all of the things that I personally have really wanted to dig into and learn about. So getting to talk to you and have you on the show today is so exciting. And I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love your work and what you've been sharing. It's so inspiring to me. So I'm kind of fangirling as well to be here. Well, thank you. It's, I truly appreciate it. So I would love to start off by now that I've introduced you to the audience, uh, learning a little bit more about your personal healing journey, because I have learned that that has inspired your work greatly. So I'd love to have you share that with our community. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, a lot of times I talk about my journey starting with my painful periods when I was a teenager, but I have learned in time that it actually started way before that. And as a kid, I used to have these really powerful dreams about kind of things that were a little bit scary, like snakes and spiders and just these really powerful symbols in my dreams. I didn't really know what that meant. And when I reached my teen years and my periods were starting and I started having a lot of period pain, I didn't know what to do. I just, you know, my mom took me to the doctor. I started seeing a doctor about that period pain and was put on basically just painkillers and eventually was bumped up to birth control in order to manage the pain. And 
I also, you know, I started birth control because I wanted to get rid of the pain. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anything about menstrual cycles at that time, really. And then it kind of evolved into wanting to have something for actual um, contraception. And I was on the pill for about seven years and I had to switch to a bunch of different pills because I was having the worst, just like depression, suicidal thoughts, and I was not myself. And I felt so disconnected from life and from nature and just didn't feel like myself. And eventually I switched to a pill that was almost caused me to have kidney failure. And at that point I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm going to have to find something else. And I was kind of scared to get back into, uh, or just to get off the pill and to have to deal with the pain again. And not only was I on the pill, but I still had a little bit of pain. So I was still taking ibuprofen every month. So I was basically like ruining my gut and I had no idea at the time, but that took me down this path of learning how the menstrual cycle works, learning how to work with herbs. I went and studied women's herbalism and ethnobotany. I studied community herbalism. I went and did like this herbal field study program that was so much fun where I would go to the desert and camp for like four or five days out of the month and just collect wild plants, learn about them and make herbal medicines. Um, I also got to go to the Yucatan and study womb massage with a, my, with a midwife there who had had that tradition for many generations. And uh, I also went to the Peruvian Amazon and lived in the jungle for a month with like huge, huge spiders all over the place. And so that journey of healing for me brought me to the point where all of a sudden I was like, I had learned so much. I had done so much healing for myself. And then the natural progression was just working with other people and starting my practice, even though that was scary at first. Um, I wasn't really planning on doing that. And um, part of my healing, a big part of my healing was also getting to understand and release ancestral trauma. Um, and that was I would say one of the biggest parts of, um, it has become the biggest part of my work and my practice because what we think and believe about ourselves and the things that we've inherited, both mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that plays a role in how we experience our cycles. And eventually my work became really weaving in dream work, weaving in ancestral healing with herbs and with the womb care practices. And that's how moon medicine, my practice came together. Oh my gosh. That's beautiful. I, I want to like get into each of these topics like separately and together. Um, because one of the things that you said that really jumped out at me when you were describing kind of your initial experiences with period pain and being younger and just not knowing anything about periods is so common. I mean, I'm 32 and I think I learned what the different phases were of the menstrual cycle, like a year and a half ago. I thought you were either like on your period or not, and didn't understand everything else that was happening. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to hear from your perspective, why it's so important that we understand kind of the different seasons and phases that our bodies are in and how to get in touch with that. If we've been out of touch with it. Yes, this is such an important question. And just Thinking back to the first, like, this is one of the questions that I ask my clients all the time, like thinking back to your first few periods and your first few menstrual cycles, 
what were the things that you were learning about yourself during that time? And what did you learn about menstruation? That plays a huge role in how we experience our cycles too. So if we believe that period blood and menstrual cycles and all of that is something to hide and something that's shameful, then that's going to show up in how we take care of ourselves and how we take care of our cycles. And then there's that whole aspect of not being taught what is actually going on in our bodies with this really important and sacred cycle that's happening because this is the cycle that brings new life into the world. It's also a cycle that can help us to create a life that we love. And that's what I love about cyclical living. And that's one of the things that's so important for me to share with people about cyclical living, because beyond being able to uh, make a baby, our menstrual cycle carries us through these different phases where we can learn new things really easily, where we can attract new things really easily, where we can release old pains and traumas really easily. And then also where we can connect to like things beyond the physical world really easily. And that happens through each different phase of the cycle. So yeah, it's so important to understand the different phases and be able to work with them. Oh yeah. And I think so a big part of the reason why we are not taught about the phases is because so much of our daily lives and schedules are driven by very male dominated systems. If you have kind of a standard, you know, nine to five job and our work schedules and school schedules, a lot of those things are very much um, dictated by kind of the 24 hour clock that feels like a very male hormonal cycle, but doesn't necessarily factor in those of us who are, you know, estrogen dominant, who have menstrual cycles. And so it is almost like this balancing act of like <laughs> figuring out how we can fit into that with our nature. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not linear, like no, even people without menstrual cycles and men, we're all connected to nature. And that's that's the beautiful thing about the menstrual cycle is it is a really strong and powerful connection to nature. Even like the cycles of light and dark, circadian rhythms, all of that plays a role in our menstrual cycle. And that's what kind of makes it happen even to begin with. Like the amount of sunlight we experience, the amount of moonlight we experience is sending messages to the to the adrenal glands and the adrenal glands will start to actually activate the cycle when we first start menstruating. So our cycles are our way, our way of connecting with nature and staying connected with nature. And I feel like when we're connected to nature, we can live just more balanced lives totally and like completely in general. Oh my gosh. It's that's so true. I've felt that a lot over the past couple of years. I've felt very called to just spend more time outside, even if it's just like a daily walk or grounding and putting my feet in mm -hmm. grass. I'm really fortunate to now live really close to the ocean. So going to the beach regularly. And previously, you know, I didn't make that same kind of effort to get outside as much. And I also didn't necessarily have access and proximity to nature that I have now, but how I feel is like night and day versus when I can get outside and just feel that connection to the earth. It's so interesting, the impact it has. Yeah, huge, huge impact. And the 
the exposure to sunlight plays a huge role in how we can sleep. It plays a huge role in our hormonal balance. Like, um, and then also the moonlight and having those natural cycles of light and dark plays a role in our progesterone production, which is gonna play a huge role in how we experience our periods and if they're heavy or if they're painful. So, so, so important to have those natural cycles and have that exposure to sunlight and moonlight. Absolutely. So I would love to like, cause I can nerd out about this stuff all day. I would love to kind of go back to basics a little bit, maybe for listeners who are curious, like what is cyclical living? What does that mean? If they're wanting to get started with it, how can they get a better understanding of how to live cyclically? How do you recommend people get started? Yeah. So the first thing is definitely to start tracking your cycle. Um, so for people who have menstrual cycles, cause I know um, not everyone listening may have a menstrual cycle, but if you have a menstrual cycle, paying attention to the phases that you're in and you can find out what phase you're in by simply downloading a cycle tracking app. The one that I love is Kindara because it allows you to track your basal body temperature, which I think is important if you're wanting to um, work with cycle tracking for things like pregnancy prevention or trying to get pregnant. It helps you to have a little bit more awareness and knowledge of like exactly where you're at in your cycle when you're tracking your temperature. So get a basal body thermometer, which is basically, it, it sounds fancy, but it's just a regular thermometer that measures um, two places behind the decimal point. And every morning you wake up and take your temperature before you get out of bed, put it into your cycle tracking app, and that will start to tell you like where you're at in your cycle. So there are the four basic phases, which are going to be menstruation, uh, which is the start of your cycle, follicular phase, then you move on to ovulatory and then luteal phase. And as you go through those four phases, you're going to be connecting with different energies. You're going to be feeling different, thinking different, acting differently through all of those different phases. And um, that's because of the fluctuation in hormones that we're experiencing. So there's a very tangible aspect to those phases when we start thinking about the fact that the menstruation phase is when estrogen and progesterone are both really low. The mood is kind of low. We're lower energy and it's more like, I need some me time. And then as you get to the follicular phase, you get into estrogen rising and estrogen receptors are like all over the body. There are estrogen receptors on your throat, in your brain. Uh, but the main thing that we experience in the follicular phase is our mind is like starting to move again. We're starting to think more clearly. We're ready to start interacting with people and planning and scheduling and doing things. And then you get to the ovulatory phase, which is what I call the empress phase, because it's when you are just like in your abundance and you're able to attract things into your life. And that's when estrogen is at its peak. So the estrogen receptors, um, there are estrogen receptors like in your face and in your vocal cords. And so we actually sound differently through each phase of the cycle too, which is pretty amazing. Wow. And, um, so when we're in that ovulatory phase, we're all in, it's just magnetic energy. It's just attracting everything that you want. It's a really great time for like working with affirmations and saying things out loud. I love that for ovulatory. And then you get to the luteal phase, which is when progesterone is now starting to rise and estrogen lowers a little bit. 
And in that luteal phase where it's less in the mind and more in the body, and we're able to do some emotional processing, we're able to kind of like bring things to a close and see and observe the things that are not working for us. And this is where sometimes the luteal phase can get kind of sticky because this is what is considered like uh, PMS. Oh, you're just PMSing or being bitchy. Um, and that's not necessarily the whole thing. It's that we're actually noticing things that are not working for us and being able to release them. So uh, those are like the four phases that you go through and you can see how each phase has its own kind of energy that you can work with. And so basically you, you put those phases into your calendar. So you know when your menstruation starts and you can open up your calendar and put in the days that you're going to be menstruating. And then from there you can block off like all the different phases and start to plan your tasks and your appointments around those different phases. So like if you have a job interview, ovulatory time is amazing for that. So if you can get that in your ovulation time, that's like everyone's loving you. You're like the star. So that would be a really great time for that. Um, if you're wanting to do ancestral work and do some like deeper emotional healing, luteal phase is going to be great for that. And then if you want to do some like planning, uh, like I organize my calendar for the month in my follicular phase. I'm like, okay, these are all the things that I need to do. And I kind of can plan everything out that way. And then menstruation is when I'm just like, it's me time. Mm -hmm. And that's your time to connect with nature, to do dream work, to just do all the self-care things. I love that. That is such a helpful breakdown. Thank you so much. I was yeah. even thinking like, oh, there's some things that I could tweak or like, oh, I'm doing this task in this phase, but I think I could actually move it to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Which is super helpful. So if someone is on hormonal birth control and decides to get off of it, I would love to talk a little bit more about kind of that transition. Um, mm. I know for me, I had taken hormonal birth control for several years, kind of off and on as a contraceptive. I stopped taking it gosh, four or five years ago and I just stopped and just didn't really do anything to support or transition my body off of it. And now that I understand a lot more about my body, I'm thinking, oh, that probably wasn't the best approach, or maybe there was some additional support that I needed that, um, you know, is why I ended up having some hormone problems later on that I'm mm -hmm. now addressing. Um, so if someone is on a hormonal birth control and decides to get off of it, what is something they can do to kind of support their body during that transition so that they can ease into this cyclical living process? Yeah, this is such a great question. So there's a few things, actually. I, the main things to focus on are going to be um, supporting the liver. That's really important um, because the liver is what's going to help the body to release those um, toxins from the birth control. And also the liver is going to be really uh, important for helping you to have healthy blood flow when your cycles do start up again and when you start having periods again. So I love gentle things for the liver like dandelion root, burdock root, um, chicory root. Those are all really great. I also love reishi mushroom as something to incorporate as a really nice, just like gentle combination of herbs that are super supportive to the liver and super supportive to help the body detox 
those um, endocrine disruptors because that's what the pill is. It's essentially an endocrine disruptor, um, which means that it disrupts the endocrine system, which is the system in the body that is responsible for our hormones and not just reproductive hormones, but all the hormones in the body. So um, it really helps to clear that from the body. And then also it's really important to focus on gut health because with, especially with hormonal birth control, it loosens the tight junctions in the gut and that will cause inflammation and leads to hormonal, hormonal imbalance. So doing things for gut health, like um, it could be diet related, which is really important. So things like bone broth and probiotics, that's going to be helpful. And then also incorporating things like vitamin D and also, and having natural cycles of light and dark, because the more uh, we have those natural cycles of light and dark, we're actually giving our body a chance to absorb that vitamin D from the sun. And vitamin D actually helps to tighten those junctions again in the gut, which is so important because without proper gut health, we're not going to be absorbing the right nutrients. So you could take supplements all you want, but you're not going to be getting as much as if your gut was healed and you could actually absorb those nutrients, which are so important for having the hormonal balance because like, I love um, to incorporate herbal infusions and things like that. And you want to be able to actually absorb those nutrients that are going to help give your body the building blocks to have healthy hormonal balance. Um, and then I would incorporate, yeah, of course, herbal infusions. Nettle is amazing. Um, nettle leaf is a pretty neutral herb that most people tolerate really well. And, and having daily nettle infusions with some liver supporting herbs and taking your vitamin D, that's like a really great way to start a, um, like a birth control detox. Mm. Oh my gosh. That is so helpful. I'm so wishing I knew this five years ago, but it's like also never a bad time to learn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to learn this information. Um, so I would love to talk a little bit about what your your process was, you know, as you were going through this and, and detoxing off of birth control and starting to heal your body, um, what was that experience like for you and what did you learn along the way? Oh gosh, it was tough. I, I didn't know all this stuff when I was getting off of birth control, I was learning it, but it took me years to really understand the impact that birth control had. And even to understand that birth control is an endocrine disruptor and, when I was getting off the pill, I was really focused on getting rid of period pain, which was the original reason I got on it. And when I got off the pill, my pain was like 10 times worse than when I got on the pill. Cause I went from one day of pain to 10 days of pain a month. So for me, it was about addressing the, the pain. And during that time, I learned how important it is to get rid of endocrine disruptors, to make sure that you don't have them in the products that you're putting on your body or in your body. Um, and then also I had a really tough time with readjusting, um, mentally. And, and now that I, honestly, I just clicked in my, this just clicked in my mind that, when you're on hormonal birth control, your tolerance to stress is reduced because of the way it impacts your hormones. And when I got off of birth control, I was having anxiety attacks all the time oh, wow. and I had really bad anxiety. And I turned to meditation actually to help me with anxiety and help me to 
just feel more centered and balanced during that time. So that was really, really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, it was a tough time for me and it took a while. <laughs> it took a couple of years to really understand all the things that had happened. And through that healing process, I also learned a lot about just my thoughts and beliefs around menstruation and the importance of looking back to those early menstruating years and what was happening at that time. Because when we first start menstruating, it's like a lot of times there's something else that's happening in life that's kind of big too. Um, for me, it was having really bad like blowout fights with my dad as a teenager and just like constantly butting heads, not feeling like I was being heard, not being able to communicate, um, not really feeling like I had um, a male figure to communicate with. And so that was wrapped up in a lot of my healing as well, just healing my relationship with masculine and um, healing my relationship with myself and how I was showing up in the world. So it was a lot. There were so many layers of the emotional healing, but then also the physical healing and managing my mental health and being able to, um, yeah, make these, make these adjustments while also doing these huge diet changes. And like, I was following all these protocols on like, oh, you should eat this and you should eat that. And some of them were just really, really horrible for my body. And eventually I had to kind of like find my own way of intuitive eating. And that was a big part of the healing as well. But yeah, there was just so many layers to that process. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that and sharing um, so vulnerably there. What it sounds like is that it is such an individual process with everyone's body reacting differently, right? Even the foods that you mentioned just now, and even for those protocols that are online, they probably work for somebody, but not the same for everybody. Um, and even sharing those experiences that you had with your dad around the time you started menstruating and just how those individual lived experiences are still such a big part of us, even as time passes and we don't realize it. And so it sounds like that personal reflection is such a big part of the healing process. Yeah, it absolutely is. Cause we're, we're so, it's so interesting how we hold things in the body. And when you start menstruating again, and you start having cycles again, all of those things are going to come up again. And a lot of times those are things that contributed to the pain to begin with, or to whatever hormonal imbalance could have been happening when someone started birth control. And I say that because a lot of people start birth control because of hormonal imbalances, because their periods are heavy or painful, or they're not regular or something like that. And so a lot of times those imbalances are connected to things that are happening in life and traumas and um, just really big events that we could have experienced that we didn't realize were connected to how like our bodies are trying to tell us something when our menstrual cycle is imbalanced. And so being able to see those things helps us in the present with coming back into balance in our, in our menstrual cycles after birth control. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Something that you mentioned in the very beginning was talking about ancestral healing and connection with our ancestors through our menstrual cycle. And you also mentioned that the luteal phase was the ideal time to engage in that kind of work. So I would love to dig into that even more because 
I think hearing you talk about it is actually the first time I've ever heard anybody make reference to um, the connection between ancestral healing and our menstrual cycle. Um, it's still a pretty new concept to me. It could be new for listeners. Um, so I would love to hear about your experiences, you know, as you were healing, what was uncovered for you from your ancestors and how, if someone is interested in kind of getting into those practices, what they can do. Yeah, um, ancestral work was really important for understanding some of the patterns that I was still in and living out um, that were unhealthy for me. And one of the big ones was my relationship with work. So for me, ancestral work has looked like it's taken a few different forms over the years. When I first started out in my healing and natural healing for my menstrual cycle, I was just seeking guidance. Like, what do I do? Because I had done all the things that I read online and I knew I needed to dig, to dig deeper in order to keep getting better. So at that point, I was just asking my ancestors, I, I would ask them before I go to bed, I would like put out a, like a candle and create a little ancestor altar and just ask them like, where do I go from here? I don't want, I don't know what to do and I need help. And that was really powerful. Um, through that, I found a lot of healing, um, like therapies and practices and my, even my herbal program kind of like came up spontaneously after I asked my ancestors, like, what do I do next? I need help with herbalism. Um, so that was a really important part of it. And for me, that, that has a lot to do with dream work. So that's kind of bringing back that old thing that I did as a kid of like really got, uh, getting into my dreams. And I remember I had one really powerful dream where I was looking for this herb school and my, um, I had just found one that I liked and I was like, oh my gosh, should I do this? And I was scared. I was like, am I really going to like uproot everything? I had started a business and I was, things were growing with that. And I was like, okay, am I really just going to stop everything and move to Colorado and start this program? And then I had this dream where my grandmother came and she was, she brought me this st stack of books that was like, it was kind of like, um, kind of like all of the history and knowledge and wisdom of my ancestors of healing and plant medicine and herbs and all of those things. She was like giving me this stack of books for my journey to like encourage me to go and start this herb program. And that was just like, oh. it was so, it was so beautiful. Yeah. And um, so that was one aspect of it. And then once I did my herb program, it was so funny because the closing project for my herb program was to um, talk about how your ancestors used herbs for womb healing. So I did all this research and I found um, my my some of my South African lineage and some of the herbs that they used, and they used herbs for dream work to understand what was happening for people wow. and to help them. Yeah. And I was like, oh my, oh my gosh, gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna do wild. this. Like, yeah, yeah. So that was a whole other um, way of connecting with ancestors is just through plants and working with the plants that they would have worked with and working them with them in ways that they worked with them, like for dream work. Um, and then there was getting to really tough roadblocks in my healing and having these times where I 
what like I remember one time I was standing in my kitchen and I was getting so I was just thinking about all the emails that I had to do and all the stuff that I had to do and I started to have a really bad pain flare and I was like okay I had I had to stop working for the rest of the day and I was like what's going on here and so I asked I, you know, went to my altar and I asked my ancestors, like, what's happening? Where, where, what's the root of this? And it was so interesting because I had these really powerful dreams about experiences that my ancestors had around being forced to work, um, around not being able to be seen, just relaxing and um, always having to be like hyper vigilant and that really like opened my eyes to how that was passed down in my lineage and how I was still living that out. And, and this was when I had my own business. So it's not like I had someone telling me to go to work really hard. I was doing it to myself. And that's when I was like, okay, this is something to release and um, being able to see that clearly and having that ancestral support in like, Hey, you've got to let go of this. And that really helped me to just have healthier patterns around work and recognize and just like check in with my body instead of just like pushing through every single thing um, throughout the day. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing those experiences. I think it's, it really highlights the importance of understanding that nothing we do is in a vacuum. Like it's all connected, either connected to a pattern or to something that has been modeled to us or to something that came long before us and being able to identify those things and witness that and say, okay, is this a pattern that I want to continue is so Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, And ancestral work is is really about being able to release those unhealthy patterns and allow ourselves to flourish in the ways that our ancestors would like to see us flourish. And um, so when we get to the luteal phase, we're in that phase of our cycle when we can do a lot more emotional processing. That's just naturally how how our brain chemistry is wired in the luteal phase. So dream work is really powerful. Um, you know, spending time at the altar and just asking questions and spending time in nature and allowing those answers to come through in dreams or when you're on a walk. Um, And the luteal phase is also a really great time for like long journeys. I call it like the, um, like I, I work with tarot a lot and I call it the hermit phase. It's the time when we're kind of like pulling back from the world and the hermit is, um, is about a lot, doing a lot of internal processing and healing and going on those long journeys. So going on a long walk, asking your ancestors for guidance, and then just seeing what comes to you during that time and paying attention to dreams. The luteal phase supports us in receiving those answers. So it's a really great time for that work. That's amazing. I personally just feel so inspired by that because I know I've been in a in a space of really putting a lot of pressure on myself to have all the answers and to figure everything out on my own. And even just hearing you talk about allowing ourselves to have a little bit more spaciousness to receive some of that guidance, that it doesn't have to come from straight, you know, brain power or sheer will and force all the time, um, is something that's really resonating with me today. God, I'm happy to hear that. And as you're saying that, I'm like, that took a long time for me to learn. <laughs> yeah. It took a long time to be able to just like, okay, 
I don't know the answer. Let me just ask and see what happens. And the answer always comes through. Right. And even if it doesn't come through right this second, you know, being open to receiving it when it's meant to come through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So right before we started recording, I was sharing with you about our current series here on the podcast, Reframing the Reset, all about just re-envisioning how we view these different areas of our health. And we've talked a lot about menstruation, especially how we start menstruation. And I think for a lot of us who do have menstrual cycles, there can also be some shame kind of embedded in that. And our relationship with menstruation can be rooted in shame or feeling like it's something we need to hide or like it's dirty or it's gross or whatever. And that's something that I've really worked hard to kind of reframe personally, where it's not at all. It is truly like the most natural process that is, (laughs) it's a part of life and it happens and, you know, working to kind of release that shame. Um, So I would love to hear, you know, if you have any thoughts around, um, kind of reframing, you know, if someone does have shame when it comes to their cycle, how they can reframe that relationship. Yeah, there's, that's really multi-layered um, because I think it's important to understand how this idea of our menstrual cycles being shameful and our blood being shameful came about. And I have seen in my practice and personally just Um, the impact of generations upon generations of suppression of feminine energy and just misogyny. And that plays a huge role in it. Um, There's been like, just for many, many generations, anti-feminine energy going around the world. And um, I, I like to reframe it in the sense that everyone on earth is the only reason everyone is here is because of someone's menstrual cycle. And that to me is pretty powerful and sacred. And I think that power is part of the reason why or could be connected to why there's so much like fear and just um, kind of denigration of the menstrual cycle and people who have menstrual cycles, because it's a powerful thing to be able to create new life. That's huge, 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 huge. So, um, just tapping into that energy of this is your, uh, this is your way of connecting to creation energy to some of the most powerful energy that you can experience as a human, which is to create new life. And not only that, but to create a life that you love, because by working with your menstrual cycle and your cycle phases, it really can completely change how we approach life and how we can, uh, yeah, create a life that we love so much through um, working with that energy of, you know, releasing, of visioning, of attracting, and then going back to um, processing and releasing again. That's a really healthy cycle. (laughs) That's a really healthy way of being and living. And I think that helps to reframe it as well. Um, one of the books that I absolutely love as of late is uh, called Rage Becomes Her by Soraya Chamali. And she talks a lot about how um, young women and girls are brought up and socialized to um, suppress 
certain aspects of themselves and menstrual cycle being one of them. Um, and also suppression of anger and um, suppression of anything that is connected to uh, just having a balanced masculine and feminine energy. And I think that plays a big role in how we look at our cycles as well. So um, just recognizing those things and seeing how they show up for you and asking about like, what were the things that you were learning about yourself when your periods were first starting? And what were the things that you learned about becoming uh, someone who's, you know, menstruates and the possibility of becoming pregnant? Because there's a lot of fear around that too, where it's like, I've, I can't tell you how many clients I've had that when they first started their periods, they're like, oh, now you can get pregnant. And they were just in fear for so long and it impacted their fertility for so long as well. So um, yeah, just being able to release those thoughts and views around menstruation that were all about suppression of who you are as a powerful creator. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that. I'm just like, I think I'm going to clip that part of audio of your response just now and like play it for myself. <laughs> Um, especially what you said about creating new life, how that can be very literal. Obviously we literally can create new life, but also we can use that power to create the life that we love resonated mm. so, so deeply. And just that reminder of how much power that we do have to create a lot of what's around us is something that I don't think we can be reminded of enough. Yes, absolutely. And it's so, so important. Um, and that's like the essence of my work and uh, being able to help people love their menstrual cycles and heal them and release that pain and shame and trauma around having a period and being able to really embrace that power that we have to create. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to talk about that too, about how you support the people that you work with, because we've talked about quite a few practices so far, you know, around working with herbs and um, ancestral work. And I'm assuming that doing those things unsupervised, you know, is maybe not the best approach that it is good to have support as probably, especially if you're working with something like herbs to make sure that you're, yes. you know, having something that reacts well with your system. Um, so I'd love to hear a little bit more about the ways that you support the people that you work with, um, through these processes. Yeah, you are absolutely right. It definitely does, uh, make a huge difference. Um, especially when we're getting into herbs and ancestral uh, ancestral work as well. Um, in my practice, I have I've combined herbalism and ancestry into a session called ancestral womb work. And so we look at everything from diet to lifestyle to those menstrual stories of when you first started menstruating and everything up until what got you to working and like diving into this work to, be, um, to begin with. And then we look at herbs that support you. And it's, it's really important to know that herbs work on a physical level, but they're also going to work on an emotional and energetic level. So depending on what it is that you are wanting to address, you could need like really intense hormone balancing herbs, or you could need something more gentle like flower essences and energetic remedies. And it definitely helps to work with an herbalist because 
Um, I will tell you an experience that I had with motherwort, which is an amazing herb for anyone who has like anxiety around starting their period and that anxiety contributes to pain. Motherwort is amazing. And I learned about this before I went to herb school and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go drink a bunch of motherwort tea. Oh my gosh. It was so awful. Motherwort is so bitter. You do not want to drink it as a tea. Luckily, it's a gentle herb that doesn't have too much of a, um, it's not going to have too much of a detrimental effect, but it does have an impact on the thyroid for people who have an overactive thyroid. So there's, it's really important to know about the herbs that you're working with and the contraindications to make sure that you're working with them in the right doses and at the right phase of your menstrual cycle in order to see the most benefit. And working with an herbalist definitely helps to do that. And especially if your herbalist can help you with um, understanding which herbs to take at which phase in your cycle. Um, and then I work with tarot cards to connect with ancestors. And that's something that has been um, just a part of my family lineage for, uh, I would say like four generations now. Yeah, four generations. Um, and that's a really powerful experience as well, because when we we get into all the herbs and diet and everything, and then it's like, okay, well, what are the underlying things that are going on from your ancestry that could help you along in this process? And that's when we find out like um, just patterns that have shown up in the family, things that someone can do in order to connect with their ancestors more directly and things that maybe have been in their world, but, but they haven't noticed that it's an kind of like an ancestral message that's been coming through. So being able to recognize those symbols of knowing when you're kind of getting messages from ancestors about maybe a path to take or something to explore, kind of like how I had that dream about going to herb school and getting those books for my grandma. Um, so being able to recognize those patterns, because I like when people can have that direct connection through understanding those symbols and ways that their ancestors could be connecting with them. Yeah. Yeah. And is that also when, um, dream work could come into the equation? Oh yeah. So I actually like, um, before the session starts, I ask people to journal their dreams leading up to the session and bring those in because I, I mean, I don't know what it is. It's something that I haven't really been able to put together yet, but whenever someone books a session, they will start to get signs and symbols and all these things coming up typically from ancestors and they come to our session and they'll tell me about a dream or they'll tell me about an experience that they had and, or, uh, and then I'll pull cards and I'm like explaining everything to them. And they're like, Oh my gosh, this happened like last week. Or I just had a client um, a couple days ago. And one of the messages was from her ancestors was to go to healing waters and spend time and sit in healing waters. So like hot springs or something like that. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, you know, I think it was so funny that you said that about the healing waters, because right when I moved here, she had just moved. Um, I went and found this healing waters spa and went to this place. And it was the most powerful thing I've done for my healing um, in, in my body. And it helped me to release so much pain because she had pain in all of her joints and everything. So 
those kinds of things will come through from ancestors that kind of point people in the right direction and help to feel more confident confident about the things that they're already doing too, to kind of like confirm like, yeah, you got this, you're on the right track, trust your intuition and keep going. Yes. I love that you shared that story. I actually recently did an episode about dreaming and dream oh. journaling and like encouraged everybody listening to start writing down anything they could remember from their dreams and continuing to do it because it's such a powerful practice. It is. It's such a powerful practice. I love it. Um, yeah, I'm a big time dreamer. So I love that you did that. Yeah. It's, I had a, for years, I could not remember my own dreams. Like I just could not tell you anything that I dreamt about. Then I started remembering Mm -hmm. small things here and there, started journaling about them. And then the more I started kind of documenting them, the easier it was to start recalling. And it's just been such an interesting experience to see what messages have come um, from dreams. It's, it's pretty incredible. It is really incredible. And after doing that for like a few years, you start to notice these patterns that happen. Um, I like to add, like if there's an eclipse happening or if there's any kind of significant astrological things happening, I'll just like note those things down in my journal um, because usually those themes will kind of come up over and over again. And then you can start to also like connect it to things that are happening in day-to-day life. And it's just like, it gets pretty, it gets really, really interesting to see like, oh, this thing that I'm thinking about, I'm getting answers to in my dreams. And it's bringing up all these things from the past. And one of the things I've been doing lately is working with affirmations. And so the way affirmations work for me is like, if I don't feel connected to the words that I'm saying, I will ask like, what's the root of that? How come I am having a hard time realizing this in my life? And then my dreams will come through with like all the answers. That is amazing. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. So also speaking of the, the moon cycles that you just mentioned just now, um, I've heard people talk a little bit about the correlations between the faces of the moon and our menstrual cycles, but it's not something that I've ever fully understood. Is there a correlation there and what is the correlation and how does that impact how we feel? Mm. Yeah, there is a correlation and Okay, so basically, typically the new moon lines up with menstruation, which is the start of a new cycle. Mm-hmm. And then the waxing moon, which is the moon getting brighter in the sky, that's going to be the follicular phase. Ovulation is associated with the full moon. And then luteal phase is associated with the waning moon. So That's a really good way of understanding the energies of the phases of the cycle through looking at the new moon, uh, the waxing moon, uh, full moon and waning moon. But then we don't always line up with those. So a lot of times, like for, I would say a solid two years, I was menstruating on the full moon and it was really intense. And I find that people, and this is for myself and, and people in my practice, menstruating on the full moon can sometimes be pretty intense. And a lot of times has a lot to do with being at a point of healing in our lives, of healing something, releasing something, bringing something to the light. So during menstruation, when, when you think about the full moon and the activity that happens around the full moon on earth, like 
the it has an impact on the oceans people are more active and because there's light in the sky at night so people are more active and they're wanting to do things and things are coming to light on in a full moon so when that's happening during menstruation it can be pretty intense or like having all these huge realizations about ourselves and about our healing it is a really powerful time to focus on healing if you are menstruating on the full moon and then menstruating on the new moon is, there's a lot of possibility there. I feel like menstruating on the new moon is when we're creating a lot of new things in our life, a lot of big changes, stepping into new aspects of ourselves. And um, I find that it's more connected to, um, like for me, because I don't, I'm not in a relationship. I'm not really thinking about kids right now. Um, I love the new moon menstruation for having new ideas about around like my creative projects or my work um, and really tapping into that kind of energy, more of like creating things rather than that full moon energy of when menstruating on the full moon, it's more about like healing and really, really deep healing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. But that the different phases of the moon lining up with those different phases totally make sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool to see how, um, that works and to understand the energetics of it and to be able to work with it too. Yeah. It's just as a reminder of how amazing our bodies are and how, like, I think sometimes it can, it can be very easy to forget our connection to nature but remembering mm -hmm. that the way our bodies work and how we're wired is so connected to nature and just those reminders are really, really cool. Yeah, I think so too. It's really cool. And um, our bodies, I feel like the menstrual cycle is a cycle of nature. Basically, it's a cycle yeah. of nature that's happening in our body. And so we can look to nature when we are wanting to balance it and heal it and it's literally looking to nature, like literally going outside in the sun, turning off your bright lights at night and things like that, that will help us to heal our cycles and be more connected to them. Absolutely. I'm also starting to learn a little bit more about just being in tune with the seasons and giving myself space to be in tune with the seasons. I'm normally someone who is very affected by winter and cold and darkness. That's why I moved from the Pacific Northwest to California. Cause I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't do it anymore. Um, but regardless of where you are, winter is still winter. Like the days are still shorter. The nights are still longer. And I feel like this is the first year that I've really let myself feel different. I've let myself just rest mm. more when the days are shorter and not try and caffeinate and pack so much in and have summer energy when it is not summer. And even doing that has been really freeing and has actually helped how I felt overall so much more. Yeah, I totally agree. Working with the seasons has been really helpful for me as well. And the seasons actually line up to the phases of the menstrual cycle in a way where um, the spring is like the follicular phase, like new energy, um, like a lot of buzzing around. When you think about spring and the, and the bees buzzing around, that's like your mind and your body just ready to go out and be a part of the world. And then summer being that ovulation time when everything's at its ripest 
and fall being the luteal phase of kind of starting to turn inward and um, releasing and then going to menstruation in the wintertime and having that time to yourself. Um, yeah, that's really, it's a really nice way to look at the menstrual cycle as well. Yeah. And when you explain it, I'm like, that makes so much sense. That makes so much yeah. sense. Why aren't we told this when we're, you know, starting this process? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I totally agree. And it just, it's so empowering to have this knowledge. So yeah, really important. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Raven, thank you so much. I feel like I have just, I've learned a ton about all of the things that I love nerding out on. Um, so before we wrap up today, you know, I would love to hear just for you, you know, how are you currently finding your balance and what is that looking like for you? Mm, that's a really great question. So like you, I'm really tuning into winter and, um, stopping work earlier, which means for me, like, okay, if I want to have a sunset walk and I don't want to just, I don't want my only time of the day to be outside to be when it's dark, then I have to start, stop working earlier. So that's been a transition for me and that's helped me to stay balanced. And every, like literally every time I stick to that plan of stopping work early, getting out before the sun goes down, um, maybe having a sunset bike ride or something like that and being able to have some of that some more of those daylight hours to myself like literally every time I just like go on a bike ride go out in nature I clear so much I have so much insight anything that I've been having difficulty with in my work anywhere I felt blocked I get so many answers and so much clarity when I just like go outside. So mm -hmm. that has been helping me to stay balanced. And I live in South Florida, so it's sunny down here. It's warm. It's really nice. And I've just really been enjoying um, just being outside and spending more time outside now that it's not sweltering hot. It's really tolerable. So that's been for me the biggest thing um, with staying balanced and also allowing myself to wake up early. Cause I noticed that, um, I would push and push and push to like stay up late. And, um, now that I'm going to bed early, I'm waking up early and I'm having like these sunrise, like rituals and practices. And that's been so amazing for me of just like getting up and doing my dream journal and going and making a cup of tea and, um, maybe doing some meditation. So that's been helping me stay balanced. Love it. That is like some of my favorite practices. So lovely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, how can our audience keep in touch with you? How can they work with you? Cause I'm sure after so much of what we talked about today, we're definitely going to have some people who are like, I need help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so my website is moonmedicine.co and um, you can find all of my offerings on there. And I actually have a workshop called Detoxing After Birth Control for anyone who is interested in getting off of birth control. It's a free workshop where I talk about how to get started in that process. And we, we do a little bit of rewriting your womb story. So rewriting that story around the menstrual cycle and what you learned about it. So 
that's something I'm really, really excited about because uh, this whole like getting up a birth control movement and um, really being able to connect with the menstrual cycle and not being afraid of it, being able to balance it and all of those things is so important. So um, that's a free workshop that I'm offering that you can find on my website as well. It's called Detoxing After Birth Control. And then my Instagram is Moon Medicines. Amazing. I will have all of that information linked in the show notes. So it's super easy for people to find you, follow you, work with you. Thank you so much for being here today. This, I seriously learned so much and I'm so excited to now have this knowledge and start applying it. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And thank you so much for having me. This has been such an amazing conversation. Oh, absolutely. Oh my gosh. My pleasure. That was my conversation with Raven Rose, womb healing expert and healer. I could talk to Raven all day. Like I said earlier, she is just such, such a lovely person who just has the most calming energy and presence. And I really loved having this conversation with her. If you enjoyed this episode and if you are participating in the reframing the reset challenge, which we are making our way through, uh, make sure that you have signed up at balanceblackgirl.com slash reset to get access to our reframing the reset dashboard. And there you will find a womb healing meditation uh, to help just guide you through this healing journey. You can do it at any point in your cycle to just feel a little bit more connected to your body, a little gift from me to you. So make sure you head to balanceblackgirl.com slash reset to get the meditation. That is it for us this week. I am so grateful that you tuned in. I am so grateful for our sponsors, for our guest Raven today. Honestly, this show would not be possible without our amazing guests, without our amazing sponsors, and without you coming and being a part of this community. So thank you. Next week, we have our next episode for the Reframing the Reset Challenge, talking all about reframing space, talking all about ways that we can declutter physically, mentally, digitally, emotionally, and create more space for ourselves to come into our own. So make sure you're subscribed. You do not want to miss this conversation. It's a solo episode with just me talking about reframing our relationship with stuff. It's a really important one, and I hope you'll tune in. So I'll talk to you next week.